Welcome to Design Your Life, the podcast where we explore the central role design plays in our everyday lives and how, if harnessed correctly, has the power to positively transform the way that we live, design better businesses and sustainable solutions for the planet. We speak to creative entrepreneurs around the world about how they inspire their ideas to life and how they make it all work and the role design plays in their lives. I'm your host, founder of Frost Collective and author of Design Your Life, Vince Frost. At Frost Collective, we are dedicated to designing a better world. Our specialist teams work across branding, strategy, place visioning and wayfinding, solving problems with empathy and creativity to design experiences that benefit people, business and the planet. And as a proud certified B Corp, we meet the highest environmental and social standards by balancing profit with our purpose to design a better world. To find out more, head to frostcollective.com.au. Welcome to today's episode of Design Your Life. Today I catch up with Kim McDonald, the founder of Thankful, a movement that is using gratitude as a force for good to combat some of the biggest challenges the world is facing. Tune in as we chat about her early life growing up in Mount Isa, a mining town in remote Queensland, selling everything and moving to New York with her young family to start Thankful, and how practicing thankfulness has been proven to improve your mental health and physical health. Hey, Kim. Uh, welcome to Design Your Life. How are you doing? Thank you, Vince. I'm doing very well. How about you? I'm really good. It's a beautiful day here in Sydney. Uh, blue, blue sky. I cannot believe how incredible it is. We've had a lot of rain here lately. Uh, where are you? Uh, I'm in not-so-sunny Melbourne. No blue skies here today, but um, we certainly have not had nearly, amount, nearly the amount of rain that you guys have experienced up in Sydney and throughout the whole of the east coast of Australia. Actually, it's a little devastating to see some of the, some of the reports coming out about what's happening up there. Yeah, it's really, really hard, and, and a lot of people are having it a really, really hard time, which is uh, you kind of you really feel for them, um, especially since we've been so much through, through so much with previously with fires and floods and the pandemic, etc. It's interesting because we you you have an organization called Thankful.org, which is an incredible organization, which we'll talk about. I guess in moments like this, you kind of really question. You know, what some people will be going, what am I thankful for? Um, you know, when, when they're going through such incredibly hard times. We'll touch on that uh, shortly. Um, but how did you begin to, this organization and how, how did your life kind of pan out to get to this point in your life? <laughs> um, well, it's been quite a journey. I think it's everybody and lots of meanderings and ups and downs and pivots along the way. But I spent um, the first part of my career, so more than 25 years in the advertising and marketing and communications industry here in Australia and working for large multinationals as well as smaller independently owned organisations. And then in 2005, with my partner, we co-founded our own agency. I always worked on the data-driven side um, mm-hmm. of the business within the agency. So the non-sexy stuff, it wasn't the TV ads or anything like that, but the, you know, the data, the nerdy stuff. And so we started a data-driven marketing agency back in 2005, which at the time was a little bit of ahead of the curveball yeah. here in Australia, because big data was only just starting to be discussed and really explored the value of that data. So we ended up working with some of Australia's largest brands and organizations who had a vast amount of data, but at the time didn't really know the value of it or what they could do with it. 
but and we built that business and um, were very proud of that business. But you know, I think there was there came a time in my life where I was sitting in some of those meetings and strategizing and figuring out with those clients how we could possibly build their business or convince people to buy more stuff. Um, and it just got to a point where I thought, you know, what if I could use these skills, these amazing skills that I'd acquired throughout the course of my career, and instead of convincing people to buy stuff that they didn't really need or probably didn't need, how could I use those skills to actually make the world a slightly better place? So this crazy notion of thankfulness and using the power of gratitude to be more than just a feeling but actually a positive force to get people to take action in the world was created mm. but not without a lot of um, hardship and sacrifice and you know blood sweat and tears yeah you're totally right that you were ahead of the game with with data um also or data or data whatever you say i <laughs> say data um and you know it's like it's now the world is absolutely obsessed by it and understands the value and potential of it you know real accurate information as opposed to kind of winging it or guessing uh, a scenario or a market etc during that success of that is it the did it feel crass were the projects you're working on crass or did you feel that you were helping organizations that you didn't really want to help or, or didn't see the value in what they were doing and i i, I kind of like kind of interested in that and did you kind of is that kind of a moral moral situation? Is that what you were feeling? Yeah, it's really interesting. And, um, you know, I really loved the industry and I think it's an amazing industry in Korea because you, you get to be um, experience so many different industries within it and you get a great variety of clients that you can work with who are all incredibly passionate about what they do. So from a career perspective, it was I, I loved it and it was amazing. I think for me it was just this sense of being unfulfilled. Um, and you know, you know what it's like. You you work in the industry. You're constantly thinking about what's next. You're constantly focused on what can you do bigger, better, the next client. There's always a crisis of some kind. And I, we, when we started our agency, we really wanted to try and shift that culture as well within the advertising agency. And as part of um, any new joiner, they had the ability to be able to select a a cause or an organization that they were passionate about and we would go and then do a pro bono project for that organization just to put into context the fact that what we do on a daily basis doesn't actually save lives but if we can apply those skills to people who are saving lives it just yes. you know that angry phone call from a client suddenly becomes um, very much in perspective that the world is not about to end. It got to the point within the agency that we were actually doing more pro bono work than we were doing paid clients. So we had to shift that mentality a little. But for me, it was yeah. just this personal sense of unfulfillment. This wasn't enough. This isn't being, you know, knowing um, at my funeral for creating great ads or a great marketing campaign was not how I wanted to be remembered. Oh, geez, you're already thinking about your funeral. Um, so did you feel that there was this um, just reoccurring kind of nagging feeling yeah. that, that there's going to be more to life or like your journey, etc.? Because like, obviously I, I get that occasionally and, you know, I kind of snap out of it or I do something that kind of shift and change something um, in my life that makes it feel better. Uh, in terms of purpose, I guess the, what you're ultimately saying is, uh, you were looking for a purpose or where to put your your focus um, that wasn't, I guess, so commercially orientated. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, 
you know, I, I did want a, a much greater purpose and, you know, I, if you looked at my life, um, it seemed on the outside to be absolutely perfect. You know, we had this amazing business. We had a great big family home in a lovely leafy suburb here in Melbourne. We had the holiday house. We had the overseas holidays. We had the kids in private schools. Um, yeah. So life looked perfect, but there was just this nagging, gnawing feeling that, this there has to be more than this and then mm. um i think my children really put a lot of that into context as well as um mm. as a parent all you want at the end of the day is for your kids to have choices in life and to um always feel that worthiness that they're capable of leading amazing and, cre and incredible lives and mm -hmm. um you know knowing that as human beings more often than not we look in the mirror and see everything that we're not instead of everything that we are how we define success in this world, which we equate success to excess, um, and we often mm. equate our sense of self-worth to our net worth. Um, and I really, I, I didn't want that for me. I wanted something more, and I wanted to be able to give more um, to people and to the world. And even if I could impact one person's life in a positive way, I just wanted to be able to do that in a really meaningful and a really authentic way. Mm. And, and it wasn't that the business wasn't becoming successful. I guess that success of the business gave you the kind of more, I guess, more security as well as not being sure where to put your energy. You know, it's really interesting. And um, so many people, when we said we're going to embark on this journey, they actually said, gosh, ironically, you are so ungrateful because you've got this amazing life. <laughs> Why do you want to give it all up to try and make the world a more thankful place? And very, yeah. few, very few people could really understand that. And in order to pursue this ambition to make the world a more thankful place, we literally had to sell everything that we owned. Um, and we gave up everything. I had to, we, mm. we started from scratch and had to rebuild our lives so that we could be living the life that we wanted to be able to live that felt right and more authentic to us. That must have been a really scary time, was it? Like, how, what gave you that idea to, to make that move? Well, to build the business, we sort of had to, um, and to build the business model. We didn't, we weren't able to get um, investors um, to fund the project for us or to fund Thankful initially. So we self-funded everything, and to do that, we sold everything. Um, but it was incredibly scary, and my whole sense of identity, which was so much built on my career um, of twenty-five mm. plus years in advertising and marketing, suddenly had, was gone. Who, you know, who I was a clean slate. Who was I? What was I going to do? And I was asked on numerous occasions, you know, who do you think you are? Why are you capable more than anyone else of being able to make the world a little bit better? Wow! And did you have a really good coach to help you through that? No, no, not really. We just had, and I certainly just had this great sense of passion and belief. And um, I think if thankful has taught me anything, it's taught me to have a little bit of faith as well. When you, you know, when you're doing good, good happens. Were you a thankful kid growing up? Uh, well, I grew up in Mount Isa um, in northwest Queensland, a rough and tough mining town. Um, and... Yeah, I, I was a thankful kid because, you know, I wasn't from a family that um, had everything. We, my, my parent, my dad worked at the mines. My mum worked as a dental nurse at the local dentist. And, you know, I saw them working incredibly hard to have everything that we had and it wasn't taken for granted. And 
so much, like even being able to put fresh produce, particularly when you're in a place like Mantiza where it's so hard to get fresh fruit and vegetables and season, you eat seasonally and you are very thankful for whatever you can get often. Mm. And so what did it look like when you sold the business and started Thankful? Um, had it, had it, what did it look like as a business? How did you start it? Yeah, so we really thought long and hard how we were going to uh, create this business and what the different business models were. And obviously, you've got your traditional commercial business and for-profit business. You've got a traditional philanthropic or charity business. And then you've got this wonderful new um, innovation of what is social enterprise, which is a combination of both and recognising that in order to be globally scalable, you need to be commercially viable as well. So... We said we're going to make Thankful a social enterprise organisation, but figuring out what that business model looks like in a way that made sense to maintaining the integrity to Thankful um, was really challenging. And we mm. brainstormed it all out and finally came up with a solution, but it was contingent upon being able to globally trademark the word Thankful across a number of different categories. And as you can imagine, when that discussion was first had with IP lawyers about trademarking a word like thankful, then there was a lot of uh, scepticism and laughter and telling us to go back to the crazy world of marketing and advertising because it wasn't going to be possible to happen. But um, we insisted and eventually we did successfully trademark the word thankful across more than 36 different categories um, wow. And globally, which was a, we were able to then build the business model, which meant that we can partner with global brands and organisations who really do want to step up and um, build their social equity and their um, social licence and demonstrate to their consumers um, their commitment to doing good in the world. So we partner with those organisations to co-brand product um, and it's product for purpose. We get a rev share um, from every um, product that gets sold, which gets used to create awareness, but also to fund and create thankful moments. And the beauty of our model is that it can be both multi-product as well as multi-cause, which is quite unique and innovative. So whether it's thankful for women and girls to promote gender equality or eliminate violence against women, or thankful for love working with LGBTQIA plus communities, thankful for a place to call home, tackling the global refugee or homelessness crisis, or um, thankful for farmers, which is what we've launched here in Australia to promote climate smart agriculture and um, food security. It's endless, the types of initiatives that we can yeah. um, address. Well, being going back to being a kid, um, mm -hmm. I remember, <laughs> well, I'm a parent as well, um, but remember the early days where your parents are kind of telling you to be thankful. Say please, they thank you, you know. And it was like it's something that had to be taught, I think. Um, is that, can you, can you kind of un unpack, I guess, the science of thankfulness and what effect it has on us as human beings? Um, is it something that we have to be taught or is it something that we inherently know, you know? You know, there's. A, um, I think it's something we need to be reminded of, to be definitely conscious of, but it is, um, there's a lot of research that says it's innately human, that we are all thankful and we have gratitude and um, it potentially can be genetically um, connected to the way that we think as well. But um, being thankful is uh, so much more meaningful as well than just saying thank you, because it's something that we are um, being consciously aware of. And when we do remember to express gratitude, 
um, for something or someone in our lives, then we actually have a chemical reaction in the front of our brains. And that releases um, endorphins and those happy or pleasurable um, endorphins. Um, However, when I tell you, Vince, that I'm thankful for you and all of the great work that you're doing, you actually have a chemical reaction at the back of your brain. that makes you feel safe and secure. So it's it's absolutely a virtuous circle. So all of that research, and there's been so much of it, tells us that the more we practice or the more we look for things to be thankful for, the more we find. And that can actually help to rewire, physically rewire our brain. So we are more optimistic and more positive and start looking for the good rather than immediately seeing um, the bad things in life. But there's a a whole bunch of other research that tells us that the act of being thankful is also the single most powerful tool we can implement on a daily basis mm-hmm. to improve our mental health and wellness. There's mm-hmm. been a bunch of research that um, has also demonstrated that being thankful is not just good for our physical mental health and wellness, but it's also, sorry, for our mental health and wellness, but also for our physical health and wellness. And it improves white blood cell counts, so immune systems. It improves our cardiovascular health. It reduces chronic pain and inflammation. Um, It makes people more compliant with taking medicines, um, and that's been proven with cardio patients who've suffered a heart attack. They're more likely to continue the regime of medicine afterwards and improve, take active steps to improve their health. But what for me is really exciting is that there's more research that says being thankful is more than just a feeling. Um, It does more than just make us feel good physically and mentally. It's actually a really powerful motivator to get people to take action. And if we are thankful for the planet, as an example, science tells us that we're more likely to want to preserve it, protect it, regenerate it, and look after it than um, just by citing cold, hard climate facts, because that's not going to get us to take as much action as as it does when we're thankful for the planet. If we're thankful for women and girls, we're never going to have to have a conversation about gender equality or eliminating violence against women and girls because their role and contribution to society and communities will be valued and recognised. Well, I guess the fact that you have to create this organisation means that people aren't being thankful or, or if they are being thankful, they don't know what the effect of it or what to do with it. Um, is that just through the data that you found that kind of that, that research and that information, which you just talked about, um, of what we're as human beings are capable of doing with the with the benefit of embracing thankfulness? Yeah, there's a lot of research now being done um, globally and um, recognition, just what a powerful human um, emotion gratitude is. And, you know, there's it's being quoted that gratitude is the glue that holds society and humanity together because it really is what is when we are you know thankful for each other we recognize each other we look for the goodness in life and the goodness in people and pro-social benefits of being thankful are greater compassion um, compassion kindness and empathy as well and they're all the things that the world so desperately needs right now absolutely the other day we had a chat uh, earlier on about this and you said that thankfulness creates optimism and I was like well, that's interesting. I'm a very optimistic, well, I think I am, a very <laughs> optimistic person. And there are, there are times I have to remind myself to be thankful. So I kind of, I think you're saying that thank, uh, sorry, the optimism starts with thankfulness. Um, and I kind of wonder if I'm not being so thankful, how come I'm so optimistic? Or maybe I'm not optimistic. What am I? Well, I think you're thankful because, you know, 
thank again a pro-social benefit of being thankful is hope and that's optimism and even if on you know a, a rainy day um if you're thankful for that umbrella on a rainy day or a jumper on a um a chilly day then that just provides you hope that tomorrow is going to be better because you're recognizing the goodness in life um and that's the optimism Mm. So, uh, so I think you're probably way more thankful than you realize, Vince. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think I am. Um, <laughs> I always get frustrated when people complain about the weather because you can't control it. Can't control it. Um, and so I like, try to see the positive in that. My grandparents back in the UK were very um, thankful, uh, over-the-top thankful, I have to say. Thankful for everything, <laughs> which would drive me crazy. Uh, but... Um, but uh, th- that is a good thing. I mean, it's something that obviously made them incredibly happy and they lived incredibly long life, happy life as well. Um, I do, I do kind of wonder around this, this, what you talked about before, around de- redefining success. Um, so like re- shift it from meaning wealth uh, or success of, you know, achievement in business or in life, which you kind of talked about. You've been through that yourself. Um, how did you, how do you approach that? How do you re- redefine it and give this new meaning and new value to people who really then embrace it? I think um, I think there's a really desperate urgency for people to, and they're desperate to want to be able to redefine what success looks like for them. And we're seeing that um, as a consequence of COVID, because if COVID did anything, it did shine this huge big spotlight on what is important to us as human beings. And so many stories I've heard where suddenly families, because of COVID, were able to all eat dinner together. And the first time they'd, you know, sit down and share a meal um, on a weekday together and they're trying to make sure they maintain that post-COVID, but just how special and important that time is. And I think with um, Thankful, it really is about recognising those moments that are most important that we can all be thankful for. And it's the little things Um, Because often when you ask somebody the question, what are you thankful for? They'll think of, you know, my health or my family and those big generic things or the fact that I've got a good job or a nice car. It's the little things um, that make a big difference that we should be recognising and celebrating whether it is the fact that you can sit down and have a meal with your family or the fact that you can actually afford to put food on your table um, these days or an umbrella on a rainy day. Um, or three green lights in a row or the train arriving on time. Mm. It's that combination of all of those little things coming together and we're seeing with um, the next generation of millennials and the Gen Zs from a work perspective, they're, they're not all looking for careers. They're not interested. They're more interested in being able to have that perfectly healthy lifestyle balance um, and being able to have experiences rather than collecting things. They're more interested in collecting experiences throughout their lives. And, you know, we're hearing lots of conversation about the great resignation and how mm. when you're sitting down interviewing a, somebody of that generation, they're interviewing you, making sure your corporate values align with theirs um, and making sure that they're the, you're the place that they want to work at um, and values are, you know, really in sync and aligned. So I think there is a tidal wave coming of people who are looking to redefine what success looks like. And it's not the big corporate job or the big house. It's the thankful moments they collect throughout their life. And that feeling of fulfillment, I guess, the feeling of removing that emptiness that you might have if you're focused on materialism. And I guess, you know, being in working in the advertising world, that was all about selling and convincing people to buy stuff 
uh, at great expense continuously that uh, they don't necessarily need. So how much of this is kind of around, um, you know, this thankfulness around, you know, how, how little do you, does one need? I mean, is it, is it, you talked before about kind of the simple things, be, you know, thankful for the fact that it's raining, you get an umbrella, um, you know, some things that people don't often think about, but what is that? Like, do you have to kind of like do three a day? Um, do, do you do one to start with and see how you go? I mean, what, what is it? What is the formula or the, the best approach to kind of make this become more of a, a habit or at least test it to see how it, how it resonates with you? Yeah, so a really simple exercise is to, you know, think of those three things every day and you write them down as soon as you wake up in the morning or at the end of the day or you do it as a family around the dinner table at night. Um, and that shifts the conversation as well. I know from my own personal experience having um, teenage kids and, you know, they sit there and grumble every night about school and extra homework or some other kid and you suddenly ask the question, okay, but what are you thankful for today? And the whole narrative changes. So if you can remember to think of or to acknowledge um, and recognise those three things that you may be thankful for um, is a great starting Point. And if you practice that for 30 days, we know that that is enough um, to actually start rewiring your brain as well. So you do start to think more positively and you are more aware of it. And it has a lasting impact as well. Research has shown us that on your physical and your mental health, that impact of writing something, even if it's just for a week, can last up to three weeks. Uh, sorry, three months um, on your physical and mental health. So it really can wow. be profound. That's incredible. So when you started the, the thankful organization, um, you, you said you kind of went to, you went to America, right? Yeah. We didn't talk about that yet, I don't think. Yeah, we, no, we haven't. So, um, well, we tried desperately to get in investment funding here in Australia mm -hmm. um, and we were unsuccessful and we were spending a lot of time in New York uh, and the US particularly to really understand and dig deep into this research um, as well. And um, being unsuccessful in getting investment funding, we decided we'd uh, pack up sell everything, pack up, um, pull kids out of very nice private schools and relocate over to New York City, um, which we did. And, you know, it was an adventure. Um, New York City opened its arms to us and really welcomed us. And it's an amazing, incredible city of creativity and innovation um, and entrepreneurship. Um, we ended up doing some work with the United Nations um, and we were able to secure investment funding um, over there from some a very high profile and um, wealthy family offices, which was amazing. And we launched Thankful for Women in the US where we worked with women from vulnerable communities across America. And that was incredible. Amazing. So it, it, it caught on quite quick. Um, I, I think um, particularly in a city like New York, if you go to that city with good intentions and wanting to have this burning passion to wanting to do good in the world, then the city really does open its, its arms to you and people embrace that and people will do anything they can to support that. Um, so we were very um, thankful that that was actually the case and we were able to get some support some, from some really wonderful people to build it and grow it. From a um, time perspective, I'm the most impatient person in the world, Vince, so nothing ever happens mm -hmm. fast enough. So I, it didn't feel quick at the time, but I guess in no. hindsight, it was relatively a short time frame. 
But it's really interesting you went to kind of the the center of capital, capitalism. Oh, God, capitalism. God, I can't even say it. Cat, capitalism. Yeah. Um, anyways, so <laughs> it's, it's interesting you go to the center of the world um, of materialism and business, etc. cetera. Uh, incredibly busy place. And to teach people about being thankfulness, being thankful and the importance of thankfulness. I think, yeah, and you're right, you know, obviously New York is the center of the financial world but i think it's also this melting pot of humanity um because you could stand on any street corner at any given time and you're surrounded by people from hundreds of other countries speaking hundreds of Mm. other languages so and and creativity and innovation Um, so i think we were really able to embrace that and they embraced us and tap into that Mm. and why did you leave then So we um, came back to Australia in 2020 um, because, and just before COVID hit. So again, we said, you know, Mm. the universe was telling us something or directing us back home. But um, in 2019, seeing, we were still living in New York, but seeing some of the devastation coming out of Australia, um, which at that time was suffering the worst drought, which was followed pretty quickly by those bushfires that you had mentioned earlier. Um, We really wanted to do something to support Australian farming and agriculture and regional and rural communities. So we reached out to Matt Moran, who has been a long-term supporter of Thankful and um, a very good friend, and said, Matt, what can we do to support Aussie farmers? And in very typical Matt fashion, he said, well, you've got my full support, um, whatever you do. And quite frankly, Australia needs thankful as much as the rest of the world, particularly um, Mm. right now. So we did a lot of research. We came home, we spoke to a lot of industry associations um, and frontline farmers and producers um, really understood the marketplace. We then worked with Cornell and John Hopkins to really look at a global landscape and recognise the challenges in Australia uh, facing agriculture and regional communities were by no means uniquely Australian. So we wanted to amplify this. So we launched Thankful for Farmers at the end of 2019 and came back to really make sure that we could do that um, initiative justice. And um, with Thankful for Farmers, we are changing the narrative around farming and agriculture and really reminding everybody that every single day, at least three times a day, we need a farmer. But um, also educating people that farmers are not only on the front line of food supply chains and responsible for future food security, they're also frontline environmentalists as custodians of the land and through their farming practices can actually help reverse the impact of climate change. And if you think about the two biggest challenges in the world right now, climate change and food security, sitting at the heart of that solution is agriculture and farming. So we um, recognise the importance of this initiative and came back to Australia to make sure that we could launch and build that. So how does, what does that look like? I mean, do you kind of create kind of workshops with farmers and like how do you, do you create some kind of plan or is it, is it more kind of communication around what they're doing? Yeah, so we're thankful for farmers. Um, we are committed to changing that narrative and we have three key areas of focus um, that we are dedicated to. One is the farm. How can we help the farm become more regenerative and practice climate smart agriculture? The second is the farmer. We know that um, many of our producers and farmers suffer disproportionately high mental health and wellness challenges, but there's other disease states like cardiovascular disease as well that they suffer at disproportionately high rates. 
So that's a focus for us. And then the third is the farming community. So how can we help our regional and rural communities to thrive? Because we recognise if they're not thriving, then our agricultural sector can't possibly thrive. So they're the three areas that um, Thankful for Farmers is largely focused on. And then we create a whole lot of initiatives to amplify awareness around those three issues. But we also partner with Australian brands and products who are committed to supporting Australian agriculture and um, regional communities and co-brand products. And then thankful for farmers, we get a percentage of every product that gets sold. Um, and then we, through that funding, we're able to allocate grants to support organisations who are at the front line, who are addressing some of those challenges. So to date, we've been able to allocate a grant to help build a drought resilience program. We've allocated a grant to help fund a documentary about the incredible men and women um, who are protecting our soil and regenerating the soil as farmers and the importance of that. And we've been um, able to allocate a grant to the Royal Flying Doctor Service up in Queensland to build a mental health and wellness um, program to roll out to the whole of um, regional and rural Queensland as well. Wow. How many people are on, on your team? <laughs> We're a small team. There's uh, two of us full time, but we have a wonderful Australian Advisory Council and who are very active and very supportive. And um, yeah, we have a great, great network of people that we often tap on the shoulder. And what other sectors do you work in? Are you just purely working in the farmers? farming sector right now? Uh, in Australia, we are. Um, we will be launching um, a Thankful for Women initiative in Australia uh, next March. And we are working with um, a major um, Australian retailer on that, which is super exciting to really um, mm -hmm. elevate that conversation around gender equality and shine a light on some of the marginalised um, female and women groups within our communities as well. So that's um, super exciting. Um, we're also developing a uh, technology or digital tool to help reduce food waste. Uh, food waste is the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases in the world behind China and the US. Uh, and two thirds of all food waste actually comes from um, households. And just to put this into context for you, an area larger than the size of Victoria, um, every year in Australia is used to grow and produce food that ends up directly in the rubbish bin. So um, we're creating a digital tool to help um, households reduce their household food waste. Um, and right now, when there is so much food insecurity and scarcity of product because of um, the floods that we've all been having and the hardship that our farmers have been going through, and also inflation and rising costs of living, everyone is looking to make their dollars go further and use everything that we do have um, in the home and not wasting anything. So this tool um, is super exciting and um, we, we love working on that as well. That's really cool. Have you, have you met Ronnie Khan at uh, Oz Harvest? I have, yes. Ronnie's doing um, awesome work. Yeah, I just, maybe you guys get together because she's obviously campaigning a, a, against um, uh, food wastage as well. Um, you two would be phenomenal together. We are totally um, um, all about collaboration. Okay, cool. Um, I'll have a word with her. <laughs> um, also, just in terms of other organizations, different types of organizations um, locally and around the world, how would they approach getting in touch with you and, um, you, know, in, you know, talking to you about how, how you might help them uh, in their field as well? Yeah, so they can uh, reach out via our website, which is thankful.org. Um, and there's our social media platforms as well. So at thankful 
thankfulfarmers.org. Um, and there's also thankfulforfarmers.com.au if it's specifically related to that initiative. Um, but they can reach out anytime and we would love to um, be talking to more brands and organisations who really do want to demonstrate their commitment to social impact and um, building their commitment to making the world a better place. Yeah. And for uh, the whole array of people listening in from all over the world, which is really cool, people in business and, and individuals, etc. Um, how, how might like an individual just really embrace this thankfulness and start today? Uh, how, how do you, how do, how's the best way to go about being thankful? Yeah, well, there's um, we have developed the 30-Day Thankful Challenge, which is on our, uh-huh. on our website. So every single day you can sign up for it. It's all completely free. And every day you will get emailed a new challenge um, of what to look for and what to be, um, how to be thankful. And it's very simple and it's very easy. And that's a great way to get started um, as well. So I'd encourage everybody. And with, within that 30 days, by the end of that 30 days, um, it's been... Um, proven that if you do practice that, you're going to be feel, feeling better, more optimistic, and it will change your perspective of the world. That's super cool. I'm going to try that out. Um, and have you done a book as well? So, um, yes, I um, am in the process of um, writing a book called The Thankful Imperative, which is really taking this notion of the that thankful is more than just a feeling, um, and it really is a powerful force to create that positive change that the world needs to see across all of the big issues that the world is facing. Wow. Okay. Well, look out for that. Um, so how does it feel? Cause it, that you've been through quite a journey, um, in your life and you're still young <laughs> and you're still incredibly positive. Um, how, how, how has that been for you? I mean, have you kind of, do, do you feel like you've designed your life? Totally. Or redesigned your life? Totally. I feel like I've designed my life and designed it several times. You know, I designed it when I was 17 and I left Mount Isa and I left home and tracked across the country to come down to Melbourne to go to university. Um, I, I, I didn't want to follow in um, the footsteps of my sisters and marry a miner or work at the mines and stay up there. So I made the conscious decision then and really designed my life here in Melbourne and built the kind of life I wanted um, and the career that I wanted as well and having a family. And then I did it again when I decided that as wonderful as all of that was, it wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So I had to redesign it from scratch all over again when I embarked on this mm. social entrepreneurship journey and social impact journey. And your your life partner is also your business partner? Hmm. He is, yeah. Uh, and how, because that obviously can be tricky. <laughs> is that, is that always been incredibly good uh, in terms of that relationship, in terms of, you know, working together and achieving the goals you both have to set? Yeah, it, it is. And he, um, he's very supportive of my very crazy big ideas sometimes. Um, and, mm. you know, we have different strengths and we recognize those different strengths. And um, I don't ask him to do stuff that I know that it, he's not comfortable with or isn't playing to that strength and vice versa. So it's really recognizing what we're both good at. You know, there's always invariably going to be times when we frustrate the heck out of each other. But I think that's any relationship. Yeah, yeah. It must be so rewarding to be doing what you're doing and to um, helping people kind of understand thankfulness and the, the, the value of it and the transformation that happens to them. Um, it's happened to you. And is it, is it um, 
Must be. Is it rewarding? Is it like how does it feel? Yeah, no, it's incredibly rewarding, and I could share so many stories. And one story, there's two stories that, which I'll tell you quickly, okay. that really jump out. One, we were at the Sundance Film Festival not long after arriving in America, and we were hosting three different um, discussions. But one of those was a panel discussion, and the um, facilitator of that panel at the beginning of the um, evening asked everybody to take out their mobile phones and send a text message. Um, to somebody that they're thankful for and telling them why. And at the end of the evening, um, a young woman came up to me and she wrapped her arms around me and just burst into a flood of tears and said, thank you so much. Mm. And I was horrified that we'd done something to upset her. And she said, I just have to tell you that at the beginning of the evening when I texted somebody and told them that I was thankful for them, it was my parents. But I haven't actually spoken to my parents for several years because there are fundamental differences in our beliefs and values. But tonight mm. I sent them a text message and said, I'm thankful for all that you've done for me um, and the, the fact that you are my parents and even though we, we're disagreeing and not haven't spoken for several years. And she said that act of gratitude was enough to build a bridge and she was meeting them a week later to actually sit down and have a face-to-face -face conversation with them for the first time um, for several years. So that wow. that was rewarding in itself. And then on another occasion in New York, we were hosting an event for vulnerable women, women who were currently living in a shelter and who had been victims of domestic violence. And as part of the event, we were working with Glam Squad, which is a mobile hair and makeup um, organization. And people, these women were able to come and get their hair and makeup done. They were able to get brand new clothes, coaching and wellness. And then we had a beautiful lunch um, for them. And mm. um, it sounds so trivial being able to get your hair and makeup done. But for some of these women who'd left a domestically violent situation, they leave everything behind, including their self-confidence. And this one particular woman came up to me and she said, again, thank you, and gave me an, um, a very big oh. hug. But she said, today, oh. having my hair and makeup done, it was the first day I've been touched by another human being for as long as I can remember. Because the last time she wow. was touched by a human being, it was a traumatic experience. And she said, wow. being touched by somebody else made me realize I'm not invisible and I actually do matter. So thank you. Oh, my God. So, um, and I could talk about stories like that all day. Wow. That's incredible. Oh, it made me feel quite uh, emotional there. <laughs> um, well, look, I've got to say thank you. <laughs> I've got to say thank you for being on the podcast today. It's been so cool to catch up with you. We, I'd, I'd love to hear more. Um, and people should go to your website and, uh, and connect with you and, and read all about other examples of what you guys are doing. Um, Kim, thank you so much. Vince, thank you so much. And I have one question for you just before we go. What are you okay. thankful for today? Well, I emailed the team today and I said thank you for... Um, I, sa I actually said that I was going to talk to you today. Um, and I was really thankful for them and any, any questions they might have. I haven't checked my email because Luca just told me to turn it off. So I don't know if they sent me any emails. I'm thankful for the beautiful, incredible blue sky that we have today. Uh, I remember just walking around this morning and I took a picture of the sky. I was just like, I've never seen it so blue. Um, and that, that being aware of it and acknowledging it and being thankful that it's there, it, it does add value to your life, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine not being observing the world around you. And I guess in our busy lives, we do tend to get consumed by our busyness and all the things that are wrong in life. You know, we kind of 
quite quickly blame everything else around us or, um, you know, what's, what, things that aren't going uh, to plan, etc., or our frustrations. And it's not often that we go, you know, we think about the things that are actually beautiful, solid, and, and you know, reoccurring in our lives in a positive way. Uh, it's a big shift, isn't it? It is a big shift, and it is too easy to think of all the things that are, are negative, all the things that are wrong, and, you know, at the end of every day or at the beginning of every day, we write a to-do list. But at the end of every day, we don't write a have-done list, which is so important because no. there's always going to be things to do. But what about the things we have achieved? Let's celebrate those things um, as yeah. well. And when we look in the mirror, be thankful for what's in front of us and who we are as individuals. But nine times out of ten, when we look in the mirror, we see everything that we're not. And we focus on what we don't like about ourselves rather than what we should be celebrating about ourselves. That is a beautiful way to end the podcast. Kim, thank you so much. Thank you, Vince, and um, really appreciate you having me on today's show. Cool. Awesome, Kim. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Design Your Life with thankful founder Kim McDonald. Tune to the next episode where I'll be catching up with Ryan Anderson, the Vice President of Global Research and Insights at Miller Knoll the company behind furniture brands including Herman Miller, Hay & Muto. Thanks for listening to this episode of Design Your Life. If you'd like to find out more about how you can design your life, head to the website at designyourlife.com.au. If you found this episode inspiring, please don't forget to review and subscribe. If you have any ideas or like to get in touch, we would love to hear from you send us an email at hello at frostcollective.com.au.